everyone and welcome. Today I do have another very special guest slash friend of mine, Dr. Anna Kabeca, and we are going to be diving into what causes that weight loss plateau, especially if you're in menopause. Now, even if you're not in menopause, please listen up because Dr. Anna has a ton of great information for you, but I know that weight loss plateaus are frustrating, beyond frustrating for many of you. And especially if you're going into menopause, we've kind of almost been focusing a lot on female hormones and menopause this month, just because that's been the main topic. And I know many of you going into menopause or in menopause right now, even postmenopausal, you're suffering and you're struggling and you're not getting the answers, especially from your doctor who's telling you, you know what, you just got to deal with it. Weight gain is just part of it. You're just getting older. And we know if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I hate that. We don't accept normal. We don't accept you're just getting older. We're going to talk about that today. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So Miss Anna Kabeca, D-O-O-B-G-Y-N-F-A-C-O-G is a triple board certified and a fellow of gynecology and obstetrics, integrative medicine and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She does it all. She does it all. She has special certifications in functional medicine, yay, sexual health, and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy that we talk about all the time on here because that's the only way to go. You got to stay away from the synthetics, do the bioidentical. For the past 20 years, she's served 10,000 plus women in her private practice and millions more through her books, online videos, and articles. When her own health took a troubling turn during menopause, she sought out the wisdom of healers around the world. She learned that modern medicine and time-tested natural remedies are not at odds. Working together, they create indisputable results and true well-being. Using delicious healing foods and simple lifestyle changes, Dr. Anna reclaimed her health and life. Fueled by her belief that every woman deserves to be empowered and in control of their health and life, she developed the Keto Green Lifestyle which has helped thousands of women opt out of menopause misery and experience a joyful transition to the next stage of their lives. With her methods, you too can breeze through menopause into your second spring, feeling the best you ever have. And all of that just goes right in line with what we say on this podcast, that you can find out what is going to work for you and heal yourself and get your life back. So Dr. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on today. My pleasure. It's great to be here with you, Amy. Thank you for having me. And I love that we're, we share such similar thought processes. Um, I, 
completely agree that we don't discount Western medicine. I mean, you were, you were in the conventional medicine system for years, Mm -hmm. so we don't discount it. There's a time and place, but I think the blending of, of conventional medicine when necessary and true, you know, functional medicine and natural remedies, that's the best way to go. That's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And I always say, you know, we're so trained and so focused on treating the immediate problem when we train in tertiary care centers too. We're looking at, okay, this is the life-saving surgery you need. We've got to triage this and solve this problem. There's very little focus of prevention, except in obstetrics. I will say that where I really gained my holistic background besides my heritage, is from in obstetrics, working with a maternal fetal medicine specialist, Dr. Rayner out of Emory University. And she would say, look at this pregnant woman on her first visit. What is she at risk for developing in her pregnancy? And that really started me thinking about, okay, definitely diabetes, you know, preeclampsia, let's look at some of these other issues, preterm labor. And you want to think ahead because the sooner you interact, right? And everything you can do to prevent the healthier that pregnancy outcome is. Mm-hmm. And so, and to kind of like just stop there, the rest of gynecology was let's treat the problem at hand here. And often when it comes to that, especially in gynecology, the uterus is the innocent bystander of underlying hormone imbalance and inflammation. So when we get to the underlying and underlying issues that cause that hormone imbalance to begin with, then all those other symptoms go away. And that's that's the special art of medicine that I enjoy practicing. I love that. It, it is an art though, too. I think it's also an art to listen to the individual. And if she's speaking and saying, these are my symptoms, to really listen to that and not dismiss it as like, well, your labs are normal, so you're good, you're good. So that's exactly what you do. Yes, Absolutely. So tell, tell us more about your, we, we said a little bit in the intro, but what was your journey like? Because here you are a conventionally trained DO and now you're having issues of your own. So what did that look like? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I say God's cool trick on me. You know, if you want me to learn something, I have to experience it firsthand myself. And um, it does put us in a better place to help other people from a very humble humble position. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was early having um, always struggling with my weight, you know, being a first generation American, then, you know, very Middle Eastern Mediterranean background. So I have warrior genes or I mean, in other words, I can probably live in the Sahara for six months without food and water and still be fine. (laughs) However, It worked for me to be very, you know, struggling with my weight all my life from being a little girl. You know, I remember that. And so that was that was that always looking and very interested, science minded in women's health. But then at 39, I was diagnosed with early menopause and irreversible infertility. It, you know, determined by my reproductive endocrinologist, very esteemed colleague of mine, that my only option was egg donation. And it was so frustrating. That was when my doctor's bag was empty. And literally, Amy, it took me on a journey around the world looking for answers. And I did not discriminate. As you said, we don't discriminate 
on healing and what is working, what is working for you at this point in your life right now, as we sit with your mindset, with your environment, with your, you know, that your nature, what is happening with you right now, your physical conditioning, all of these things have to be taken into account. There's no recipe book, so to speak, standard medical journal that can help you with that. And so this is, you know, that was, that was it for me. And it took me on a journey to reverse that early menopause, naturally conceiving a beautiful baby girl and delivering her when I was 41 years old. And so now I'm 55 with a 13 year old, soon to be 14. And there's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother series of life that I'll eventually write about too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Through her teenage years, but menopause and, and puberty at the same time in the same house is always, is always fun. Oh yeah. Fun for your husband too. Wow. I'm a single mom taking care of my girls. So, oh, well, then you have a lot of estrogen in your house altogether. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Because we talk about testing in the hormones, right? And I know you talk about this. Testing is primitive. And I really want people to understand that I do believe in testing every body fluid you have because it tells you one thing or another. But hormones are energetic molecules, there's an energy to hormones that you feel you know, and that is another way to test them. So I think until we can really test hormones from an energetic perspective, we're going to be at a, you know, incomplete. And that's where, again, the art of medicine comes in. So true. Total art, total art. So let's talk about the the topic of the day of that, those weight loss plateaus, because did you experience that as well when you were dealing with your own health? Oh my gosh. So, you know, one of the things I've been, again, struggling with weight my entire life, one time over 240 pounds and, you know, weight loss resistant. And at that time, a busy OBGYN running a solo practice, you know, that add that stress factor in never was about calories in calories out, never. And so, you know, what's fascinating to me is that the the whole plateaus come in the perimenopause. And in my second book, my first book is called The Hormone Fix. And I always say it takes more than hormones to fix your hormones. That Mm -hmm. is foundational reading. And then my second book, Keto Green 16, I talk about the 13 weight control hormones that affect your physiology. And even when you're doing this, like you're doing what works and what works stops working, that's a whole nother process. You've got to triage that. And we can get into plateaus because just like with working out, we have to sometimes change things up. We have to support our microbiome by creating a resilient microbiome and diversity matters in that case. So hormonal, you know, hormonal shifts are, you know, come hand in hand with weight loss plateaus. And also for me, it was a a bump in weight when I was 48 going through second menopause, essentially at that time of perimenopause, symptomatic. I um, had, I gained like, felt like 20 pounds overnight without doing anything different. And that took me in this whole keto green journey because you and I think alike when it comes to food and nutrition and fasting and, you know, the importance of of the combination. So it it took me on this keto green journey, as I call it, and and that helped me lose the weight, but also gain mental clarity and hormonal balance that was outside of my bioidentical hormones, because there's many pieces to this that can create the plateau. So food sensitivities are, are one a metabolic decline and shift because of insulin resistance, mm-hmm. you know, leptin resistance. These are two, those are two big hormones that are contributing, but add in perimenopausal stress and a healthy dose of high cortisol and hence add in a pandemic. Yeah. And 
there's a metabolic, you know, disaster waiting to happen when you enter those things. And so in my new book, which I call, it's called Menu Pause. Mm-hmm. So if you're in menopause or perimenopause, it's time for menu pause. It. it pauses different food, you know, kind of platforms. There's different food platforms to take into account to shift things, you know, shake things up a little bit, hence to break through a weight loss plateau. Viral, but that is like, you know, that is so critical in the perimenopause too. So critical. And and you and I say the same things over and over. I mean, just without even knowing we're saying the same things, we say the same things. I always say both and. So just like you said, we can look at your hormones all day long. We can look at your thyroid. But if you're over here eating like garbage and we're trying to optimize hormones and thyroid, it's not going to work because what you're putting in your body is going to throw off everything. Like you said, it could be causing or exacerbating the already existing insulin resistance, could be disrupting your microbiome. You know, we have to focus on the food. We can't forget about the food because that's such a key component in overall health. It is. It is essential. You know, how we nourish our body is also how we nourish ourselves. It's how we're looking at how do we take care of ourselves. And for eating out of, you know, processed, prepared by others, I hate to say because I do love eating out. Right. A lot here in Dallas, now that I'm in this great city with amazing restaurants, eat out a lot. But preparing your own food, you know exactly what you put in it. And there's an art to that, too. It's like food prepared with love for those you love. And then if it's adding in some self-love, like appreciating that this is going to nourish you, adds that extra, that extra special sauce, so to speak. Oh, I love that. I so agree. I and so I'm such agree. a foodie, Amy. Like we could definitely hang out and have a great girls' lunch together. And, oh, I and I might have a glass of wine, however. <laughs> same, 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 right? But because yeah. you and I have practiced keto, I mean, we're going to be speaking at KetoCon together. We can have lunch then. Because yeah. we've practiced that way of eating for so long, our bodies can handle the glass of wine without freaking out. Yes. Exactly. And it is that one thing too, because in menopause and perimenopause and that, I love your episode with Pam on menopause and, you know, waste gain. Mm-hmm. Um and, and talking about that whole point of alcohol, right? Because that is something, oh, well, we're told a glass of wine a day is good for us. And, you know, and I have, I definitely, and, and drinking like dry wine or low sugar wine, but I'm telling you half bottle through of anything and you're no longer in ketosis. No, no, you're not even, <laughs> yeah. Even if it is the low sugar, organic, dry fire, yeah, you're not in ketosis anymore. It's so true. So I think that's, that's a really, it was great to make that point really hard because it does take you in another look. Like, when do you feel your best? What's interrupting with how you're feeling? Not just today, but tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's true with food sensitivities and how that comes into play with your metabolism mm-hmm. and how we perceive the second spring of our lives, right? The second half or, you know, however we look at that, this, the rest of our lives, how do we want that to look? Ah. Uh. That's beautiful. And, and I think you have to have that, that outlook of not giving up and not throwing in the towel just because you crest 40 or 45 or 50 or whenever your age is that you enter menopause. I mean, for you, it was early. So you yeah. can't say, okay, well, I'm 39. I'm just going to feel like garbage the rest of my life. Okay. No, like, no, this can be a beautiful part of your life where actually you have more wisdom on on different aspects of life and you can enter this second spring just i mean it, it can be better than the first half 
It absolutely can. I think when we lose the fog of reproductive level hormones, <laughs> right? There's something to that. There's a certain density around, you know, I don't know, raising raising kids and being in that fog that I have experienced. Um, although I'm still I'm still raising kids and I'm soon to be uh, to have a grandbaby, so oh. in the house too. So I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, when you're raising, there's a whole nother, there's another energy to that. And being in this, you know, the wise woman, the woman warrior mode to be that, you know, to be at the best functioning years of your life, to enable that clarity of have the history that we have to look back on, to look back and see what serves us and what doesn't serve us. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of experience that we've gained that we really need to look at and, and we've learned from. So as we as we move into this half and have this higher level of clarity, if we're doing doing it right, right? The whole, you know, combination, alkalinity, high fiber, healthy fats, good quality protein, intermittent fasting, no more snacking, movement activities to improve your quality of life, all of these things with gratitude journaling, positive attitude and, and, you know, perspective makes a whole difference on how we're going to live out the rest of our life and not limiting ourselves. So Amy, something came up in, um, one of my conversations the other day. And I was thinking about, you know, when I found out that I was going to be a grandma, and I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this, or when you found out someone, your love is becoming a mother. But I, um, so finding out that my, my 25 year old daughter was pregnant, and I had this new title to add to my list of long list of titles, right, is, is grandmother, or, you know, I prefer to be Gigi, right, name right. Than grandmother. So, and, but how that affected me, because there was that, you know, complete, I had 15 pound weight gain. And it was like, just wait, am I thinking about what a grandmother body is supposed to look like? Wait, what's my perspective on now as I'm going to be a grandma? What is that? You know, what am I thinking about myself in this way? What's the, what's the image I have of, of nice, sweet, amazing grandmas. And so I had to shift that in my head and I'm looking at, okay, let me look back at some, you know, really, what do I want to, how do I want to look, feel, and be part of this grandbaby's life? And what does she need to look like? How does she need to feel? How clear does her mind have to be to be that kind of grandmother, mm -hmm. or third generation mom? <laughs> yep. Yep. So you sure. have a badass warrior woman grandma picture in your mind, don't you? <laughs> right? Yes. Absolutely. And it's different. Like the menopausal woman, how did that look? Like if someone in perimenopause and is really struggling, how did the people that you saw when you were a child, how did they do in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s? What did they look like? Are you holding on to that image? If it, you know, or is there a healthy image in there? Is there unhealthy or a healthy image that you're holding on to that you can mirror more? and create your own even better version. And I think that's that's something that I hadn't really put together until this this whole grandma title came on board. Well, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think we forget that back in our mother's and grandmother's time, there wasn't the availability of bioidentical hormones. There wasn't this information out on food sensitivities. We didn't have people like yourself speaking out and telling women, you don't have to live a miserable menopause life. That's, that's not what's in the cards for you because it can be different. And I think, you know, when we looked at, at our mothers, grandparents, we just saw them again, I'll go back to throwing in the towel because that's, that's what was told to them. That was, that was just common belief. 
And now we have so many more options to feel amazing. And it might just be little things. I do want, I want to get into what, what five strategies do you tell women to bust through that, that weight loss plateau? And especially because a lot of them, like you said earlier, are weight loss resistant. So kind of get into that and break that down for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. In my, the, as I've gone through writing and my books and working with patients and working with, um, you know, women online as well is, you know, what, what happens when what stops working, what's the next step, right? And so that brought me into many pause, which um, is five pauses in our diet. So five essential pauses. So in each five plans, there's six day plans. And the reason for the six days, Amy, you will get this is that our gastrointestinal mucosal lining regenerates every 72 hours. So two 72 hour cycles, it's six days. And in six days, we've got a good basis. Okay, how do I feel? How am I starting to feel? Three days, you're kind of getting over the hump. And in six days, you're really like, you can, you know, assess how you are and feel feel a difference. And so to see what's really working for you. So a couple of things in, in menopause I did, I did look at, you know, menopause around the world. And I really love that to see what societies did. But in menopause, I paused, you know, a different thing for each of the six day plans. So first keto green extreme plan, we pause like all inflammatory foods. So really following an autoimmune paleo type of keto green combination there, taking away nightshades and, and focusing on that um, very low inflammatory diet, because it's sometimes those things are triggering something in our epigenetics that that's not agreeing with us at this time, right? Doesn't mean you're going to have to be off it forever. I always say it's cross-training your gut. JJ Virgin used those words, cross-training your gut okay. and um, in creating more resilience so that you don't have to be eating one type of food every day, right? And I, I get so heartbroken when I hear that that's what people have been reduced to. It means we've got to rebuild that mucosal lining, make it healthier and stronger and more elastic like we, we do for our skin and everything else as we eat. Right. We're doing it for the GI tract. So removing things that are irritants or creating a rub long-term can make a huge difference. So that's the first one. And the second one is going to a plant-based is adding the beautiful plant diversity. Now, again, I'm not a big fan of plant-based long-term, but in the short-term, especially in menopause, because we need so much protein. Um, but in the short-term, it's really great for microbial gut diversity. So once we reduce inflammation, give ourselves this plant-based plan, we're really creating you know, a stronger first line of defense with the bacteria of our gut. Now, six days may be a little bit short for that, but this little change up can tell you how am I feeling. But if you have trouble digesting greens because of enzymatic deficiency, then we need to go another way. And that's the third pause is carnivore-ish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's more, it's more pausing all the greens and just using some herbs and spices and nose to tail. Yeah. I actually made a fabulous, I know this might turn some people off, but I don't know. I see someone from Australia there. You might like this, but you know, a great, like a great cardamom seared liver. You know I mean? It tastes amazing. My daughter ate it up when I made it. And so, you know, these fun little recipes, but I'm telling you nose to tail. And that's the thing we talk about hormone disruption, even how our grandparents did it. They didn't have a fraction of the hormone disruptors in their environment that we do today. And so thinking about that, 
And then um, the fourth plan, it's a really a cleanse. So, okay, now let's just rest your GI tract and just support you with like good collagen, bone broth, good, you know, protein shakes and really nourish you and not make, you know, not put any additional strain on your GI tract and, and support you that way. We've, we did it in my girlfriend doctor club. And let me tell you, you know, and, and you could see the skin changes in just six days. I mean, mm-hmm. clarity, energy, the first three days were tough, but by day six, you were feeling amazing. And then um, the fifth plan is sometimes we've been so strict with our keto and our keto green ways and fasting and intermittent fasting, all this stuff. We forget that our body, you know, can benefit for some carbohydrate and carbing up. And I've had people carb up during this week and lose weight. It's just what the body needed. So I found that to be just incredibly fascinating. I was worried because I'm like, oh, you know, but I definitely say save that one for last. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) but it's awesome because you never you don't want to you don't want to be in a deprivation mode. We I'm a foodie. I love eating. I am a gourmand. You know, I mean, and so I really do enjoy enjoy the variety. And it's important to choose a healthy variety that works for you. Oh my gosh, we're so much alike. So a, I love that you have that carnivore option in there because when when implemented correctly, and I'm going to have to get your book because I want that liver recipe. When implemented correctly, it really transforms the body. Inflammation goes down. I've heard people talk about their joint pain literally disappearing. Like you said, your skin clears up within days. And then also very similar in in our identical in our thought is having that carb up day because I have a, a program called Keto for the Week. So it's it's just about how to do keto the right way without tanking your thyroid. And all the opponents of keto and thyroid say, you're going to drop your T3, you're going to drop your metabolism. Like you said, come up out of it, have some carbs. And that break, again, like you said, you you might notice weight loss at that point of time, because now you're eliminating the insulin spiking foods from your life. And now you're bringing some carbs back in for a day or two. Good. Fine. So I love that. I love that we, we think so much alike in that and that your book is going to lay this out so people can actually have something to follow. Yeah. And I think with that whole like the deprivation mentality and a good friend of mine actually in Northwest Florida, um, Dr. Angelie Aki, she runs my Keto Green 16 planning groups in her medical office. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I like my clients to take a break after that, not do another cycle because they get food restriction fatigue. And because they're, you know, they're using different foods. And so I let them take, she says, I let them take a 72 hour break and then we'll start up again. And, you know, and, and kind of addressing that. And for me, like creating menu pause, I really had to give pause and think about that. So I, the six days also, six days instead of seven, because let your, if your seventh is your Sunday, you know, maybe that's your one meal a day feast day. You know, maybe yeah. that's, you know, what, what are you doing to, to celebrate you? And then note, how does that make you feel? Does that change anything of the way you're feeling? So, you know, it's that, it's, it's also that kind of break or create, you know, to use your creative, what can I, what can I mix up for myself today? And so that's how I like Sundays to be family dinner day and more Mm -hmm. of a, like, you know, very, I grew up with Sunday family meals as a big meal after church, we'd have an early, early dinner. And so I love that tradition whenever possible. Now, do you go, do you, do you personally, and do you also recommend this um, in your book on that Sunday, can you eat anything or do you still like for people to stay 
within the confines, like let's not go out and have a pizza and ice cream and five donuts. Yeah, because then you might not know what you don't feel good with. So again, use it to research. So you, we have plenty of Sundays in our in our life. So if that's what you do one Sunday, you know, you've used that for information for yourself and then you're back on protocol. I was interviewed, I think it was for people regarding uh, one of the Kardashian doing keto. And they said, well, on Sunday, she's eating this waffles and or pancakes and syrup and whatever it was. And I was like, okay, that's her feast day. And like, she's having this cheat day once a week. I'm like, I don't consider it a cheat day. I consider it a feast day. She's doing well. She's getting results. It's not setting her back. How does she feel when she does it? I mean, that's the questions we have to ask ourselves. Is this setting me back? It's like the alcohol conversation earlier. Is it setting me back? Am I feeling worse the next day? Or, you know, and that's information. And we take note of that information and say, okay, well, you know, that's not worth it. You know, however, that chocolate souffle at to lose down the street, you know, once in a while, it might be worth it. <laughs> so yeah. you have to think, is it or isn't it? And that's, that's for you to decide and, and to understand, okay, well, maybe, you know, the follow-up to that is, is looking more like a 72 hour, you know, reboot type thing. What do I need to do next? So, so I, I, I like that um, for everyone's coming in at a different portion like, I can't even remember the last time I had a pizza, right? But I used to love pizza. I mean, could eat a whole pizza, right? A thin yeah. crust, Italian pizza. And um, so, like, you eventually, depending on where you're coming in, you'll learn. And you know, is this nourishing me or not? Am I going to feel better or worse? And if you're not sure, test it if you really want to. Or wait to test it on your birthday or some other day, mm-hmm. you know, that um, you're celebrating. So, yeah, no, I love that. And I, I even like it when people do go, you know, let's say they, they go full blown, not even a gluten free pizza, they're going all out, they're going, you know, straight to Domino's, whatever. And, and they do that. And maybe they have been really clean for a while. And they indulge. And then it's like, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe how bad I feel. I will never do that again. And it's like, well, it's good that you experienced that. Because back when you were eating the standard American diet and eating all that garbage, you didn't even realize, like you said, Dr. Anna, you don't even know what's making you feel like crap. So once you add one thing in, then you can go, okay, I I will never eat regular pizza again from Domino's because I feel like I'm dying. And and that's a great way to tell what foods are really going to hit you hard. And what foods you should just keep out of your life entirely, except on those once in a while occasions. Right. Exactly. When you think, okay, you know, but then that's where we get better about preparing us when we go into situations that might, we might want to indulge. Right. So yesterday we had my daughter's baby shower here in in Dallas at park house and it was super fun. And I knew that we're going to have all these beautiful, you know, desserts and pastries and amazing avocado toast and all these good things. Also some ceviche and cardamom crusted tuna, which I hadn't made that recipe myself. I love cardamom on steak, on liver, and I'm going to now try it on some fish. But um, it's such a good alkalinizing herb. And it's really a grounding one, especially when your energy is high and you're stressed. Cardamom is amazing. And so all that to say is I had a smoothie yesterday. I made a smoothie for me and my guest. And, and that helped me make better choices. In, in the, you know, in the party too. So I think preparing yourself, because I knew, you know, if I went there hungry, there'd be no holding back, right? Or right. Very and it's not just like willpower is physiologic. So I don't want to go there with a bottomed out blood sugar or having nothing and, 
to be really supported, especially when there's so much like um, the hostess and stressing and making sure everyone's fed and, and getting drinks and everything out. So I think there's there's those lessons we learn over time. So, I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now, de- over a decade. So there's lessons I've learned in my own life that always kind of, you know, keep me humble and keep me to say, okay, well, how can I prepare? Because now I know what will happen in that situation. And the you know, the same thing, thinking about that, you know, Domino's pizza and what I was able to eat before I knew better, and especially when it came to dairy, which is one thing that's not in any of my recipes because I can't have it. And so I don't even make up recipes with it. And so it was um, only as an option, if I think it would be good, Dairy is one of those big hormone disruptors, and it's definitely a food sensitivity to me. But my patients would come in and say, Dr. Anna, I didn't realize how bad I was feeling till I started feeling good again. That's 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 game changing. That's that's what we need for that reinforcement. It's worth doing this. Yes, definitely. I, I have a, a one patient, not not a woman, so this is kind of off topic on the, on the menopause subject. But along those same lines, it was a, a boy who had he had to stay home from school. He couldn't go to work. He was like 18. So he couldn't really do college classes. He couldn't hold a job because his brain just wasn't functioning. And we removed, of course, gluten. You know, it's it seems so cliche to us because we tell people every day. And of course, we're all gluten-free and autoimmune. But we removed gluten. And he said to his mom, mom, I had no idea how broken my brain was. Wow. Until we remove that. And I mean, now he's fully functioning. He's back in school. He's brilliant. He has a job too. So he's college and job. But when he adds back in gluten, just like we were talking about, yeah, have that one day and see how you feel. He is on the couch. He is non-functional. It's interesting how one food like dairy, gluten, or whatever your sensitivity is, can really basically punch you in the face and take you down. So true. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now in your book too, and, and I know a lot of the listeners are going to be wondering this, hot flashes, insomnia, anxiety, brain fog, all those things that come with menopause, your menopause book goes into really how to address these from a, a natural food-based perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think once we get the food right, it does support physiology, right? Affects behavior. So getting the food right is is a huge difference. And it's always beyond that, of course, the lifestyle and the mindset. And again, the, you know, 10% attribute to bioidentical hormone replacements for sure. But using these things to to really balance out your lifestyle and get, give you that sense of I'm in my body again. And I like my body, right? I like my mind. I like the way I think. I have my memory back. And um, in the Bible, it talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I really love that verse because when I was in this chaotic, you know, crazy downward spiral in my life, not that many years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago now, that it until I fixed my physiology through like the power of, of what I'm teaching in menu pause, through this power of, of food as medicine, as well as the lifestyle hacks, again, outside what, you know, the, the hormones were dialed in, those, those weren't touched, but this food as medicine perspective made all the difference in the world. And though nothing in my external world, I was still a single mom, three kids, three different schools, you know, elementary, middle and high school, and, and you know, crazy at that time, I closed my medical practice and all this other stuff going on. But nothing in my external environment had changed. 
But yet, on the I was I had peace. I had a smile. I was calm. I responded instead of reacting or more likely overreacting. You know that snapping at the at a trigger type of thing that I know that I experience. Many people experience. And if I'm not at peace, like at home, grounded physiologically, certainly in my nutrition, that 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 definitely affects affects behavior. And you know that's empowering to know that. Yes. Oh, I love I love that verse as well. And it's you. We've heard it. Like you said, we've we've heard that over and over again. Peace that surpasses understanding. But I can speak for myself. For decades, I went, "What does that even mean? What do you mean, peace?" That and until it hits you, you go, "Oh, that's that kind of peace." And I think that goes hand in hand with the wisdom of coming into the second spring, because there is a deep womanly wisdom there, and and it's like you see the world through different sets of eyes. You're not as panicky, although a little bit of progesterone helps with that, but you're not as panicky and you're not as anxious and you're not as on edge and snippy and snappy. You have a a more grounded piece about you. So true. So true. And being able to reflect on that and know that, I mean, it just makes all of this so much easier. The choices that you make for yourself become so much easier. And then as a mom, as a busy mom, working mom, and I know this, that until we're healthy and happy and grounded and have, you know, paid enough self-care to ourselves, then everyone else around us is too. It's not the other way around. Let me address, you know, each and every one around me, the, the, the spouse, the colleagues, the kids, all of them have to be better before me. It works the other way around. You know, we, we start with us. And then from there, again, the energy of positivity, energy of hormones, the energy of balance, it's, it's palpable. And somehow that makes a big difference. And I, I, you know, I'd love to be able to do that in a, in a, a quick switch, but living in that experience definitely empowers our children. So for, you know, and often we do things because it's, especially in functional medicine. I mean, I started here because my, you know, one of my children had tremendous ADHD and another child had seizure disorder. So I look at, okay, well, what can I do that will, you know, you know, optimize them and not, you know, subdue them, subdue their personality, subdue their, you know, interactions. And Mm -hmm. and so I went into functional medicine way back when, because of that aspect, I'd already been in bioidentical hormones, but I knew I needed more. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, there's the both and, right? So yes, you can do the bioidentical hormones, but, and you're not going to get that piece that surpasses all understanding if you're eating poorly, if you're eating the food that caused inflammation, if you don't go through the steps of, of elimination, like you said, and finding, can you digest greens? I don't know. You're not going to know until you, 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 you don't know. You have to go through all those steps to really figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. yeah. And then it all comes together. Yeah. Then it comes together. And then like, okay, well, what enzyme support do I need? What's the next step, right? What's the next you know, step after that, how do I rebuild my gut bacteria? And I think that's an important piece too, that we need to look at. And always, you know, especially with medical conditions, working hand in hand with our provider, practitioner, physician, whoever it may be that, that we trust and we feel better as a result of working with them. That makes a difference. Big time, big Mm -hmm. time. And then you actually, and, and I've tried it. So you actually have a keto green drink 
that you incorporate into this menu pause book and into your protocols. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Cause we'll put the link for that as well, but I've tried it. I like it. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, definitely. My keto green protein uh, meal replacement mix. And it has like, you know, one scoop is 14 grams of protein. So typically it's, it's great as a good medium or use two packets or two scoops. And mm-hmm. so it has three grams of fat and has greens and all your Albion micronutrients, chelated minerals in the face of zero grams of sugar zero grams of sugar. And that's really key. And plus it's plant and nut seed protein based. Mm-hmm. So for my, my vegans out there that you know need extra protein because you're not getting enough, this was really important that I made, made it this way. And I love, I love collagen peptides and, and other protein sources, but my keto green shake is designed for that easy absorption, uh, you know, amazing nutrition, all the bioavailable nutrients and plus supportive antioxidants for liver and metabolism that help you that really feel satisfied. I mean, that's what I drank before I went to the party yesterday. Okay. Yeah. And I find that women are so low in protein. I'm sure you saw that in your patient population as well, or even women that you talk to today, they're not getting in enough protein. And then they complain about loss of muscle mass, low metabolism, can't lose weight. My hair is falling out. Well, all of that is reliant upon protein. It's so true. And that's, that's a hard thing for me too to get enough of, right? Like it has to be conscientious. You really have to think, okay, I need to make sure I get enough protein today. And, um, and I think that's just a powerful thing for us to be realizing. Am I getting enough protein? Have I got enough fat? What's going on? Am I hungry? Am I having cravings? You know, that tells you something about your body. Am I not feeling like going to the gym? I mean, what's going on? And so that's where really that empowerment piece comes in. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you incorporate all of that in your book. So Dr. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. Um, can you, I mean, I know your book isn't released until April, correct? Can people pre-order now or we're going to have the links in the show notes too? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely use the pre-order link. So I'm hoping my publisher will go to another uh, printing before we even get released. So we have, um, it's coming out April 12th and we'll be doing some fun challenges once it comes out. And um, we have gro- we have great book bonuses. So wherever you buy the book from, it's called Menu Pause. It's already number one in menopause on Amazon. So I'm great. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, <laughs> thank God. I, I was so excited when I saw that. And so, yeah, so really excited. We've got great book bonuses and they can go to my site to my menu, menu pause book page mm-hmm. and put in their receipt number and get those extra bonuses. And you'll have the link for that. Nice. Very nice. Now we'll put all that so everybody can access it. Uh, and just, I mean, thank you for your knowledge, for your time, your expertise. I'm so happy this book is coming out because it's so very much needed. So yeah, I just, I just thank you. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? Oh, just thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me on. I mean, I, I love your platform. I love what you're saying and the emphasis and, and the way you say, you know, there's no excuses. This is what you have to do to feel better. Right. And I think this is like, this is the exploration that you have to do to feel better, no matter what stage of life you're in. And, um, and, and I want to just empower our audience with that knowledge. Like it's, you know, we've got a long life ahead of us. Let's see what will make it even better. What will make it even better. Let's, let's yep. figure this out together. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, 100%. And and thank you again for your time.